Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful.com. It is February 23rd, 2024, and it's time for your TNA No Surrender post show. I am Agile Pearl, and no, that's not Cresta's star. I'm sorry. Cresta's busy. She's too good for y'all. But who do you bring in when the when the big star is unavailable you bring in the substitute teacher you bring in the man you bring in the guy who who single-handedly saves this place every time you bring in sp3 hello joel is so kind he's so kind lying to y'all but (laughs) i appreciate that thank you so much for having me i'm 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 happy to be here on fightful overbooked i'm usually on this channel not talking about professional wrestling so i'm hurting my gimmick overall but i love to come in clutch for anyone from the fightful game that is why i am the black rod belding of fightful there's a broad reference that i could make but i just i'm not going to i'm just not going to whoa sir jesus all yeah. I'm saying is that you see, you see how Joel acts when the kids are asleep? Kids been asleep for hours. I'm I'm sleep deprived. That's why I make these comments. I've been on the air on and off throughout the day, working on here we are. Same we here. Have, I, I'm, a, I'm about to be live at like 5 a.m. for that's, elimination chamber. That's your decision. I will be watching the elimination chamber from the comfort of the evening. That's how I'm going to watch it. And I'll pro- I might watch Collision on tape delay, but I'm probably going to watch Elimination Chamber later on tomorrow. I ain't doing 5 a.m. for this. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm old. I'm not waking up early anymore. Anyway, we've jammer jammered enough. TNA No Surrender was tonight. A, a pretty decent show, I'd say. I didn't expect it to be the most blockbuster show in the world. Mustafa Ali makes his TNA debut, gets the win, captures the X Division Championship a very solid match they didn't go crazy which i appreciate we're going to talk more about that and if y'all want to get in on the conversation go ahead and donate a super chat any man get your question statement read on the air or you go to humperchats.com same situation just go to that website and go donate anything if you do uh because the smackdown crew are doing a post show right now for some reason i know smackdown was taped it doesn't matter but uh here just just leave imp so we know actually it should be tna just leave tna TNA. 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 People are still chanting that. So that's good. Before the show went live, there was a video that went around, including on my account and on Sean Ross apps. Uh, Eric Young and the TNA locker room actually came out to address the audience, kind of making allusion to uh, Scott Demore's departure and essentially saying, you know, you are the lifeblood now, the fans, and saying that, uh, you know, this all continues and everything goes on as normal and we are not grieving. We are going to push forward. Did you see this video, SP3? I, I saw bits and pieces of it. I was uh, working, doing writing for Wrestle Talk as uh, it went down. So I did write up an article about it. So I was able to take a look at it. And I, I think that it was the right thing to do to kind of ease the minds of the fans that, you know, Scott may be gone, but they, they're going to still go for, uh, you know, forward with the vision of what they want to be the rebrand for TNA. Yeah, no, I fully agree. This is the best case scenario for them. And uh, overall, give me your, what are your overall thoughts on the show? And then we can just jump right into it. This was a perfectly solid TNA pay-per-view. TNA 
I feel like I, I've said I've said this time and time again, and I believe last time I did a TNA review, Impact review at that time on uh, FIFO, I said the same thing. But ever since like 2018, when Scott Demore and Don Callis took over, I don't think TNA has ever had a bad pay per view since then. Whether it be a special on Impact Plus, like this one, Fight TV and stuff like that. Whether it be one of their mainline pay-per-views. They haven't had a bad show yet. This was another perfectly solid one. But it's not in, like, the upper echelon of, like, the one of their better shows. Yeah, when you get into those uh, plus shows, the, the the Ultimate Insider shows, the, yeah. the Triller TV plus shows, they are they're specials. They're, they're not pay-per-views. And it's funny because I say this. Every single time we do a TNA post show, that's not the television. Uh, I say you're going to get a title, you know, changing hands, at least one. And the show will be good because the wrestlers know how to do their jobs. That's all it needs to be. It's it's very, uh, it's just it's just simple storytelling, not in the bad way, but it's just stories told effectively in a wrestling yeah. world. And it works. Let's talk about the countdown real quick. Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Trent Seven, a.k.a. Speedball Mountain. They drop one to the Rascals, Rascals being the Rascals as they are, and Macklin gets in the way. I'll tell you this much. I said this last night on the post show. I have not seen Steve Macklin smile as much as he has, as long as he's been with the Rascals. Has he been in the treehouse? What do you think? Oh, yeah, man. You know, you know. He couldn't do all that when he was like, you know, overseas, you know, protecting our our rights and privileges as Americans. So, you know, Trey, Trey showed him, you know, maybe he he wasn't into the puff puff pass. So Trey gave him a little bit of gummies. He lives in Jersey, you know, with his missus. And I know being from New York, Jersey has a plethora of gummies and other uh, paraphernalia that the the Treehouse gang and the Rascals would love. So they've been putting Macklin on game and that's why he's a very happy man I do appreciate that they mentioned Nick Nemeth winning the IWGP Global yes. Championship this morning in New Beginnings at Sapporo uh, I doubt that Nick is going to defend that title on TNA but I'd like to see it it's entirely possible hey. He said he said that in his post his post match comments he said he's going to defend the title as much as possible wherever so maybe in TNA you never know maybe it's also a very babyface thing to say yes it is, it is but i i'm going to i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt you know it's kind of i kind of feel like this is nemeth having his own moxley 2019 run and if you remember moxley when he was iwgp us champion he did defend it in his his home company and i feel like right now nemeth's home company is tna that's fair i mean they're the ones that are currently signing him to a contract I don't think uh, New Japan has been doing that. Either way, again, a solid match, Speedball Mountain Rascals. Uh, I do like that the Rascals continue to work over Speedball's leg. And this is what I like even more than that, is actually later on in the nights, that little smiling promo that I'm talking about. Rascals are backstage, and in walks Speedball and Trent Seven, and Speedball's pissed off. And this is something that we've talked about for a long time. Speedball Mike Bailey has been a happy-to-be-here character, and nothing phases him except for literally one person, and that was Kenny King, but he's no longer with the company. This was the first time since the Kenny King story that we've seen Speedball really turn it up to 11 and get upset. That's what I like. That's the one thing about this whole story around the Rascals and Speedball Mountain that I'm enjoying. Yeah, they're getting under speedball skin. I thought the match was uh, really well done. These two teams, I feel like their matchup that they had, uh, what was it? Uh, Final Resolution was better, but this was a a good as far as like telling a story where the rivalry is at right now, where they had Macklin on their side. It seems like we're building to a trios matchup when Nemeth is back uh, between all six men. But I like the fact that you know you showed a little bit of more fire from speedball, and it seems like this rivalry. Might be something he could seek his teeth into. Moving on, Edward Edwards and Brian Myers take on Kushida and Kevin Knight. Poor Kevin Knight. He just can't win a match. He goes down to the Boston E party and the roster cuts. I got to say, though, the presentation of the system, it's growing on me. They do that, the ticking clock camera shot for the intro. It's a little cheesy, but like it's, it's pretty good. This is a group that actually... It works because they're heels and everybody collectively hates everyone in the system. Nobody says, I love Edward Edwards. 
Nobody, uh, no fan says I like Brian Myers. No fans say I love Moose. I know one person who says they love Moose, but like nobody collectively says I like these people. Lisha Edwards pisses everybody off. It's perfect. This is true. Brian Myers is my homie, though. He's, he's my New York brethren. So uh, it's because, yeah, it's because y'all talk about, you know, black boxes. Yes, exactly. We have we both had illegal cable boxes. That's how we discovered TNA. Um, so he's he's my he's my boy. Uh, I did I did like this matchup. Uh, this was another solid tag team matchup on the pre-show. Nothing kind of too crazy, but I I figured the system would win here. But my big issue and the reason why I was making faces while you were talking about this matchup is what type of contract did Kushida sign with TNA? Because I don't feel I I don't think I've seen him win. Since he signed a deal with TNA. So it was okay before when he was just a visitor. When he was just a visitor here from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I know when he signed his deal, they said, oh, it's a dual deal with TNA and New Japan. I don't know how, or I don't know about y'all of y'all, but I watch a lot of New Japan. And I watched a lot of New Japan in 2023. And I will tell you, I did not see a lot of Kachita in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I don't think they, he signed a dual contract. I think that this is now his home promotion here. So you might want to give him some wins. As far as I remember, it's also that TNA has what is effectively first right of refusal. In other words, they book him for indies as well and cons. So uh, it's a good point, but who knows? Kushida has been, Moose called him the youngest looking old wrestler I've ever met in our interview. He's, he's he's looked the same age for 10 years great thing to have in the world of wrestling but that's that's kind of where we're at and kevin knight continues to impress everybody he continues to have great showings the match that uh the the uh the trios match that they did on impact this past week that they aired was, was kevin really knight's you know another coming out party for kevin knight him and moose continue to have really good chemistry every time they link up it always turns out really well so again it's a good showing for kevin knight kind of right about kushida it's like what are we doing with you because i i thought he was gonna win the three-way at hard to kill he lost that one then any other time i've seen him on like impact it was the match against moose he lost the trios matchup on last night on impact he lost like in this match here he lost like it's like what has he won? I'm really curious. I don't think he has. I've I've tried to watch as much TNA as possible since the rebrand, and I have not want, seen Kashida win one time. He does factor into the finish on the TNA World Championship match. We'll get to that a little bit later, and that could be his next move, so to speak. I wouldn't mind seeing them turn him heel, but that's just me. Kushida has a heel. I, it's different. It it is different, but I don't think it's gonna work. They, they tried that in New Japan, and that's why they just said, all right, we're just going to keep you over here in your lane. This is your lane, your baby face. That's it. Back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move to the main show. Eric Young and Frankie Kazarian link up. This is a number one contendership match for the TNA World Championship. The winner gets the TNA champion at Sacrifice. Frankie Kazarian has new music, which is going to be a theme throughout the night because a few wrestlers did debut new music. Uh, He's got a song called Kings of the Asylum by Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. For those who recognize the name Phil Campbell, he was the guitarist of Motorhead for 25 years before the band finished when Lemmy passed away. Oh, my God. Was that 2016, 2017? Lemmy's been dead for about seven or eight years uh motorhead always doing music for killer kowalski trainees that's right that's how it works uh and he's really leaning into the king of tna moniker sp3 when are they doing the king of the mountain match where kazarian finally wins the big one he's gonna be the king of the mountain and then he's gonna get the rights to my world that's right and the note i'm not at all advocating for the return of the king of the mountain title that was awful don't do it but if you do a world championship match for the King of the Mountain, Kazarian's got to win it and they got to do it at Slammiversary. Yes. That's the it way. It just goes. feels right. Just feels right. Kazarian, however, did not win tonight. Eric Young gets the big win. I said on the post show last night that the winner of this would almost certainly dictate who was going to win the world title match later on in the night. And it's not a bad thing, but it's also worth noting that they're going to be in Windsor and while Eric Young's build is from outside Nashville, Tennessee, he is a Southern Ontario boy, which is where Windsor is located and where Sacrifice is in March. Uh, talk to me about this match. This was a very straightforward 
wrestlers wrestling match and i did not hate it yeah it's it's one of those matches and it's very rare and i feel like nowadays i see like one per show where i was like i could put this match up in the early 2000s i could put this match up in the 1990s and it probably wouldn't change it probably would be the same matchup but it's just a solid matchup in any era because these two guys are really good workers and i like kazarian with this heel turn it finally feels like he's got something that he can actually kind of get going and have a story and uh, you know have some feuds that are memorable uh and don't go on forever like that eddie edwards feud that i'll never forget uh but that had a good ending so it seems like he can have good endings to his feuds but i want to see him you know have quality stories in the lead up to that and this has been a quality story with him turning on eric young and the match here and i thought the finish was a surprise with uh ey winning it would it would be a complete surprise if it wasn't for how telegraphed that finish was, where he started arguing with the referee forever. It was like, dude, you don't have to make it that obvious that you're distracted by the referee to uh, get the pin. But then he made up for it in the post match when he marked that guy. I felt bad for him. I was like, this poor referee is getting murdered. Why isn't anyone coming out? Why doesn't he have friends? Well, no, he's new. Mark Bitters is not, you know, he's just starting with the company for the first time tonight. And don't worry, he'll be on TV a lot more because he's booked through Philadelphia too. nice yeah mark bitters is uh he's he's fine he's good but yeah there was some there was just a hiccup i do like that they kept kazarian strong both in defeat because it was a, a crucifix pin that eric young got to get the win and then they do the attack so they'll probably either write off kazarian or make him fight it off for the fine uh instead of giving him a suspension and being like no you're not gonna be on tv for the next little while uh and of course you know it looks good that eric young gets to kick out of the fade to black which is kazarian's big finish so both men look good one spot i gotta i gotta highlight they do the irish whip into the corner eric young goes up and over and then as he goes to walk across the ropes i love that frankie took it right away to do the slingshot ddt spot that is smooth that was a good spot i liked it yeah, that was one of the the highlights of the matchup for sure. Yeah, and I I did like uh, Ey kicking out of the the fade to black because that kind of put him over. And like you said, it got his he got his heat back instantly with the post match attack because I feel like nine times out of ten that's going to be what everybody remembers from this matchup is him murking the referee afterwards. They sent everybody out to stop him what? after like five minutes. I was like this poor child. I was like this guy. man has a family. They're just hazing the new guy. It's fine. It's what you do. <laughs> anyway, match number three in the tag title best of three. Ace of Bays retain the tag titles over Grizzled Young Veterans. This shocked quite a few people, including myself. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, you too. I the the first thing I said was oh, I guess Grizzled Young Vets were doing a guest spot and that's about it. And they did tell Sean Ross App in their interview over on Fightful.com that they are still free agents. They have not signed any contract with any company. They're available. Uh, that's never stopped TNA before, but I kind of just thought about that once it was out there by them that they didn't win the tag titles. Ace of Ace continues their reign. Some people are starting to call it stale. I'm still enjoying it. I liked this match because they found a way to make it different all three times. And this particular match was all urgency. It was more offense, less defense, less technical wrestling, and just more impactful moves without it seeming like they were just trying hard. It was a really solid match. Uh, and and the finish was again straightforward. You got the scarf back into play. That's uh, what got the win for GYV in match number one. Ace got to use the scarf on on uh, Gibson this time, and then the Art of the Fold wins it. Ace of Bays retain. Here we are. What do you think of the match? Let's talk about it. I thought it was a super fun match. I thought it was a really good matchup, and I love how it played off of the first two matchups. Like you mentioned, the scarf and them working over the arm of Ace Austin, and then they, uh, you know, 
it was Chris Bay that took the heat. So then uh, Ace got to come in and do the hot tag, which we hadn't seen in the first two matches. He had been taking the heat in both of the first two matches. So I, I like how they played off of those two th- those two things. And the finish was super, super exciting with how fast everything was moving. And then them hitting the double, the double art of finesse into the fold for the victory. A very strong way to finish the matchup. And the crowd was on their feet. The crowd was invested the entire way. So I thought this was one of the better matches on the show. But honestly, I will say I question the finish here because even if Grizzle Youngbreds are just here for a guest spot, I want them to do the guest spot until the next pay-per-view. Like they do, they should have done. You should have get them for a full pay per view cycle. You do hard to kill, uh, uh, no surrender, sacrifice, rebellion, and we could have got like uh, w- at least one more match after this best of three, where Grizzle Young Vets win the third matchup, and then you can get a- ABC to win back the titles at like rebellion or something. I don't agree that their title reign is stale, but it feels like. What the hell is next? Like, who's next? Who's next? Unless it's like a heel Motor City Machine Guns coming back, or it's the system, which you kind of already have teased before, but they didn't finish that matchup at final resolution. So it makes me think that they're going to be next up, and maybe they are the ones that beat ABC, which I'd rather grizzle young backs. <laughs> That's all I will say. Rascals again rascals no see see, that that was and that's the thing like i had an interview with chris bay at the end of 2023 and that was my main question where it was like abc you just finished this long rivalry with the rascals you you have faced the cool hands you face subculture who's been here in the past you know there's new teams like speedball mountain uh you know you got the system there but there is not that one team that you could have gotten like a long rivalry out of quite like the grizzle young vets. It felt like these two teams had really good chemistry where I wanted to see more from them just outside of this best of three series. Can I, I'm going to, I I normally don't just bring up chats, but you've done this twice now. Stop asking what would be next for them. If GYV wins, they defend the tag titles. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. It's not downhill from there. They have successful tag reigns. They go and tell stories with the tag titles. You you asked the same question. The same guy asked the person. I'm not going to gender anyone. Uh, you asked the same question about Ali. And, you know, it's on his first night in. Yeah. But guess what? He's going to stick around through Rebellion. He's already said as much because he's given out his dates. And they include TNA shows, including Rebellion. The story is, by the way, that Ali is a piece of shit. And you're going to see that. That's the story. So, yeah, you come in, you win the titles, you defend the title. That's what the story is. Yeah. And GYV, there's their speedball, their speedball mount. They have not faced any of these teams. The reason why they are a better option to me right now to be the tag team champions. And I'm saying this as a huge fan of Chris Bay and Ace Austin. I felt like Chris Bay and Ace Austin needed to chase the titles again. They just had a long reign that ended, you know, in the summer last year. And then they restarted the reign at the end of their feud with the Rascals. But I didn't think they needed a long reign again. I thought that you could have put the titles on Grizzle Young Vets, made this feud a little bit longer and get more matches. And you could have got another team in there like Speedball Mountain to face GYV at Sacrifice to set up the the, the final matchup at rebellion but here we are abc is still champions i don't see what's next yeah they can defend the titles but against who and this is kind of in the ongoing conversation of why maybe still isn't the word but it's more like who's left yeah they've taken on every single heel team that's available to them right now so unless somebody crosses over to the heel side of the the depth chart there isn't much for them to do so GYV winning opened up an entire opportunity for all of these tag teams that we just saw Kushida and Knight rascals to a certain degree they're 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 heels don't get me wrong but like there is a rascals and GYV story that's available there you can do speedball mountain there are lots of tag teams that you can pull from that would have been a little bit fresher than ABC's versus who knows yeah I think people are saying ABC systems and it's like yeah, and I said, I said the system <laughs> is the logical is the logical team for them to face next. But I would think that the system's going to win that. They would have to yeah. kind of win that, like, it, like because you have to get some freshen up 
Like, I feel like ABC right now needs to chase the titles to kind of freshen up the whole tag team. Yeah, because you've got again, you've got a babyface tag team holding those titles, and all the other babyface tag teams are now waiting for a heel tag team to win. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they tell the story. That's how it is. Anyway, let's move on. PCO takes on Khan. PCO gets revived for the 289th time. They have a meaty match. It's nothing really to talk about because this is all just leading to whatever big gimmick blow off they do, either at Sacrifice or at Rebellion. Uh, I said it would be a coffin match or a casket match, but PCO would probably get confused and put himself in the coffin before the match started. So probably listen, I say this every single time, ladies, gentlemen, whoever you're looking for in life, find you somebody who loves themselves as much as PCO hates his body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this matchup went about six minutes and it had two sick bumps from PCO and uh, one of which was him doing a uh, uh, tope suicida where he does the flip dive through the ropes and he landed flat back on the mat on the outside that thin ass mat. And then he does uh, the the what is it the decapitator or the uh, deanimator the deanimator where he does the senton off the top onto the apron and yeah con moved and and i was like oh well i mean what else can you do to, to pco and then he starts standing up and then con hit him with a chair and the match was over so i was like oh, okay that figures <laughs> he, he had to get in all of his bumps to kill himself in six minutes so they can revive him for the 290th time tomorrow night at bayou blast i just I see the conversation between PCO and Khan. Yeah, watch your finish, kid. And then Khan says uh, to, to, to Tope, and PCO takes a long drag of a cigarette and says, I'll move. Shout out to like the 10 people who are going to understand that reference. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they do the neck snapping. That's kind of Khan's new thing, doing the, the, the Bray Wyatt SummerSlam 2019 neck snap. It's fine the first time, but if it becomes your whole offensive gimmick, it's not great. And then they and introduced they, it. they killed the gimmick. It, yes, it, and then they did it, they did it through a chair, and that was even more confusing. I don't know why they had the zip ties and like PCO is alive, but he's still wounded. And I love the shot. If you go back and watch it, they just do, they the, the jib just pulls back, and it's just PCO looking like a wounded dog tied to the stage as yes. they go to break. No, it was the, the best part was when I was like, I was like, okay, they did the neck snap and he, he sold it for a while. Then he buries them in the chairs and then he gets distracted, thrown around a timekeeper. I guess he saw Frankie in the first matchup. So PCO rises from the chairs. I was like, okay, you kind of, you kind of sold the next snap. So it's fine. Then he does the next snap with the chair. And then PCO, how did PCO sell that? He gets next snap with the chair. He does like this and he goes, ah. <laughs> it's like me after a busy day. Good I point. was like, what time? What is the point of the next snap? The next snap, you killed the gimmick here. <sighs> you know who doesn't kill the gimmick? MK Ultra. They recaptured the knockouts tag titles, and it doesn't shock me because when they gave it over to Decay at Hard to Kill, it was a shock finish it was a shock moment it wasn't planned they just kind of brought out decay and said okay they got out of the undead realm now we're gonna go and you know do do the thing now we're decay we're no longer you know the the, the toxic twins we uh yeah mk ultra get the win this is a good fight it's not a great match but it's a solid match masha hits the snowplow on rosemary gets the, the win uh masha told us earlier in the week on in the weeds that it was coming home those those tag titles are going to be back around their waist and they they were right and then post-match they go to beat up decay and then now come jody threat danny luna they have next in line they said so this past week on impact uh yeah what do you think of this match this was just straightforward i'm very proud of myself because i called this title change because i was like it felt like after the weeks after hard to kill that the legitimately the decay title change wasn't even because the decay was returning to be in the decay it was to facilitate MK Ultra turning heel so they can be, have a heel run with the titles. 
Like it felt like that from the booking and the build because the build was so much focused on MK Ultra that I was like, yeah, MK Ultra, it feels like they're going to win back the tag team titles here. So I like the finish because it just felt like um, Masha said, okay, enough of this. Kick to the to, to havoc, snowplow and Rosemary. One, two, three. It, I, I, it's very rare that you see like a kind of like a hot tag, and like two moves later, it's over. So like that was that. Was, I like the finish there. I like that it was different from a lot of other tag team matches that we see, and I think it was the right move putting the tag team titles back on MK Ultra because they're by far the best knockouts tag team that they've had since they brought back the titles, and that's saying a lot because I was a big fan of Fire and Flavor and the iconics or inspiration so but i think that mk ultra is just it for them they also just not only are very good wrestlers but man the gimmick just makes people feel so many different ways like it's it's embarrassing to talk about it to non-wrestling fans but then some non-wrestling fans who are perverts are just like no no i get it let's yeah more i want this great i want more of this Yeah, this is this is where can I subscribe to this MK Ultra? <laughs> MK Ultra only fan, what <laughs> MK Ultra fans, <laughs> MK Ultra fans, absolutely. I was gonna segue that into a select plug, but you know what? I don't want to right now. We'll do it, we'll do a select plug later. How about that? Josh Alexander and Simon Gotch. Uh, this match, it was exactly what you'd expect. And if you saw the Josh Alexander Simon Grimm match that they had at Destiny that they kept referring to, which apparently you can't really find anywhere unless you find a bootleg from like five years ago, uh, it was a good match. And this is basically some callbacks in there. They start with the grappling, they trade the strikes, they do a lot of even work. Uh, and then eventually Josh hits that big exploder suplex and they do a bunch of uh, a bunch of trades on the submissions. I do like using the headgear on the bulldog choke. Simon Gotch did that to, uh, to Josh Alexander. And then Alexander escapes, gets the ankle lock. They get out of that. C4 spike gets the win. It's a good match. But SP3, what are we doing with Josh Alexander? He's going to be the world beater. They're be- they're building up Josh uh, to be a big uh, championship contender or challenger. I'm thinking for Slammiversary. That's what it feels like. He's just they're just keeping him busy, giving him some some big names, some grunge matches, you know, coming off of the Will Ospreay matchup. Then he gets this match kind of playing off his past from before TNA. And I thought that Simon uh, Gotch kind of stepped into this matchup and really showed out. I think Josh Alexander is one of the best wrestlers in the world. So for Simon Gotch to go in there, have a very hard hitting mat based matchup that felt believable felt really snug with the strikes when they were having their exchanges and he took he took control of a, of a lot of those matchups so i thought it was a real good performance for him if he's not signed by tna this is kind of his kind of his calling card like i said with josh and and alexander hammerstone at hard to kill it's kind of these people getting their resume put out there to tna like sign me i'm going in there and having a really good matchup with the best wrestler on your roster so i feel for josh right now he's just gonna keep getting these big uh and and it's nice for these pay-per-view cards to have you know you got your X Division title match, you got your world title match, you got your knockout title match, you got your tag team title match, and now what I expect from a TNA pay-per-view is the Josh Alexander showcase matchup. That's what's becoming the thing now, and I like that, and I'm ready. I'm I'm okay with it going on for a few more months. Like I said, I think that he will be back in the main event scene by Slammiversary. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. So yes, but also if he goes to do the G1, because they're talking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk and this has been since last year when Osprey said it on TV and it's been just talked about again and again in interviews and press G1 Josh Alexander if you do that that takes out a potential world champion if he's won the title by then for over a month so so you know what's the thing with my in my head what I what I booked as the Slammiversary main event I feel both guys are gonna go are gonna be in the Slammiversary oh, main God, event, and then they're and then they're going to Japan. Both of them, yeah, Nemeth, Nemeth. Nemeth and Alexander are are going to both to Japan. Great, you got to put the title on Moose again. No, no, I think that TNA TNA will 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 deal with a month. We'll do it with one one taping and one special without the TNA. World well, it, well, it depends when the G one runs. Because it runs G1... from July to early August. Didn't it run October once upon a time? That was in the pandemic. That was that's pandemic. A, that's oh, an no, I thought that was Olympics. No. Nah. Uh, well, the, it was supposed to be because of the uh, the because of the Olympics, but it was really because of the pandemic. Okay, fine. So Emergence doesn't have a world title match. Yeah. Damn. Which you could just have the knockout yeah, for the exhibition in the main event. It's fine. Well, I don't know. You just put Simon Gotch in the main event, right? <laughs> guy's got jokes man this guy's got jokes no this is the opportunity for tna to put the tag team titles that's the only major title in tna that hasn't got the main event spot yet world title gets it all the time knockout's been getting it more often the last two years x division title got it for the first time since 2005 on this show it's time for the tag team titles that's fair. And again, you know what? I'll also put uh, the X Division title back up there because depending on who the champion is at the time, you can continue to run a main event scene with those champions as well. Remember, it's it's not about weight limits. It's about no limits, which really like it's only for like three champions out of the 25 they've had. <laughs> it's just Samoa Joe, Abyss. Uh, <laughs> those are the ones that come to mind when yeah, you think of no limits. Yeah. Brian is- Cage. Yeah, yo, God, that was a time, wasn't it? Uh, basically, if it was an option C offer, then they counts. <laughs> anyway, Pretty much. <laughs> uh, Swan's backstage watching uh, a Josh Alexander win. And, of course, they're both former TNA slash Impact World Champions. AJ Francis, Top Dalla walks in. Dalla's on every single show in the world except for In the Weeds. We talk about this all the time. He's ducking Jeremy Lambert's. Don't know why. Dallas says Alexander is thriving. Swan is a loser as a former champion. And then he points out they're going to be in a tag team match. Uh, it's taped tomorrow, but effectively for Thursday, it's going to be, who is it? It's Swan and Joe uh, Hendry versus Dalla Francis and Diener. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. That is like, that the is best. a total, that is a total, you press uh, random on the select screen for a video game type of tag. Match. It was either, it was like Dreamer and Diener backstage, rock, paper, scissors, sh- shit. All right, I'll work Francis. All right, let's go. I'll work with the dollar. <laughs> I don't mind Francis and Swan teaming up after this. I would like to see Rich Swan take on a heel role, and I would like to see AJ Francis be that prick that he's been on TNA. I think it's very good. Yeah, I think that Swan could play a really good heel too. Because he could play like kind of an unhinged type of heel because he kind of leaned towards that different times when he was a baby face, especially when he was like world champion dealing with Moose. So I would love to see him in the heel role with Francis. Yeah, it'd be really good stuff because he yeah, he has the look. He does get the crazy eyes when he needs it. So I'd like to see it. But uh, we'll see what happens after Thursday's TNA impact. Uh, TNA world title on the line. I have this. Went on at a point where I was like, oh, it's just this in the X Division Championship. I forgot about the yeah. knockouts title match. That's my mistake. Uh, that is I, your mistake, sir. 
And I like Giselle Sean Jordan Grace, so that was on my and that was a damn good match. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's talk about the no surrender match. Going into it, Moose and Alex Shelley. The basically the premise is you get a towel, you get a towel, and you don't get to make the decision about who gets to throw in the towel on your behalf. So basically, you're gonna beat the shit out of each other, but like only your friends can tell you when it's too much. And when they announced this, I kind of said to Crescent Star on our post show, I said, I don't know if this is going to be something I'm into because it feels very convoluted. And then this past week on Impact, they talk about how, oh, it's no disqualification. So the system's like, we're going to get involved and screw everything up. And then Santino Morello is just like, ah, I don't know about that. You do that and you're going to lose the title. And if Alex Shelley does that and he's not going to win the title. And I'm like, okay, now we're just, we're working into convoluted, but cleaning up convoluted. So what are we doing? This match in the storytelling in the ring was fun. I liked, they, they brought out different ways to beat the shit out of each other. And I appreciate that. I would just say watching this matchup, I just said to myself, Alex Shelley might be the most underrated wrestler of all time because like he is so good still, still, and like when Moose Moose his matchup with Moose at Hard to Kill, I said was the best match I've seen from Moose since his uh, Josh Alexander matchup at Rebellion in 2022. But this match was better than the Hard to Kill matchup because Moose once again excelled at selling the way he sold the arm it made me really believe and it made me like wince and when he was striking the arm late like he was selling the arm so well selling the leg so well when Shelly like looks at Brian Myers is telling him to like throw the towel and he throws the towel the other way which was confusing because the commentary had to explain that that wasn't that wasn't a throw he shouldn't have thrown it he should have just kept on hold on to he it. was upset I understand he was but it was, it was confusing to the point commentary. He felt the need to explain it. He was trying to save himself from, from throwing. But, but I love Shelly just stomping on his knee right after that. And he just worked over the knee and the and the arm so well. He makes you like feel it's the only person that's like close to as far as like limb work as, so well, like um, like Ali Shelly is Brian Danielson. When Brian Danielson works over a body part, you believe every single move he's doing to the body part. Example being that Zack Sabre Jr. matchup. But this match was really good. I thought that Moose sold so well. I thought that Shelly's in-ring work and his mat work was just exceptional and i thought that the finish it works in a way i just was like oh man i just saw it coming the entire way like i predicted i did a whole predictions on the true hill heat youtube channel and i was like kashida's gonna throw in the towel for shelly so I was like, that's going to be the finish. That has to be the finish because it works in line with, I think me and Joel months ago, I was calling for Shelly to turn heel. And it feels like this is going to be the catalyst for him. Because yeah. like I said, Kushida don't work as a heel. Kushida's a baby face. Shelly really works as a heel. And I love the backstage promo that they did because uh, my good friend G. Loke watched that promo and he texted me and he was like, why didn't he, why didn't um Shelly or Saban ever go to like the jet setters and be like, oh man, sorry about you losing your match? He was only worried about his match, and I was like, that's a very good point. He was only worried about him and his matchup. Neither one of them mentioned that these guys just lost and they looked very depressed about losing. So it felt like Shelly was already setting himself up to fail because he's so focused on himself. He wasn't thinking about them. And then, but they were concerned about him. And you could tell that with Kushida, I think he did a great job with his facial expressions, especially when Moose puts the chain around his shoulder. I was like, yeah, that was a great touch. Great touch. And you want to talk about great touches. SP3, who introduced the chain? in the match to begin with shelly no but who introduced it for shelly oh kajita yeah he tossed it in the ring he was the one who got it in play so and then he was the one that distracted him before the first spear exactly so this all falls on kushida's shoulders he was trying to help but he screwed up royally and then in the end he screws up the most by having to throw in the towel and therefore give up Shelly's opportunity to be champion. And I like that. Again, the storytelling is there. It was just the way we had to get to it by having the the towel throwing in and just again it was convoluted. And and Moose said in our interview, 
he's been in every conceivable gimmick match TNA's ever had, and this is just another one for him. He also yeah. promised blood, and he did not deliver. So I, I gotta, I gotta didn't just take off points for that. Deduct that is, uh, uh, half a star off of there, man. <laughs> half a star already deducted from my star ratings later next week. Thank you. I'm very glad that we had this conversation. There's this, yeah, really good offense. The the turnbuckle spot. We gotta talk about that real quick before we move on. You've got a couple of good ones. You've got Shelly taking the uh the, the turnbuckle cover off and then wrenching the fingers of Moose. Fingers. And then he took like the, the thing and got a wrench back. Oh no. that was good. And then not to be outdone, this was I've I've never seen this before. Moose grabs Alex Shelley's hand, puts it inside the turnbuckle pad, and then grabs a chair and just over and over. Just- just kept hitting, and it's and it's great because he wasn't exactly hitting the the hand, but he was hitting the turnbuckle. So the impact to the hand, I was like, that was great. That was great stuff. Just like the physicality and the violence of the matchup, where I didn't necessarily felt like the match, like not having blood, was a big like nitpick for the matchup. I thought that the violence level was appropriate for the stipulation. And I like the stipulation. I think they have to work on explaining it better in the lead up, uh, maybe for next year, if they're going to make this a yearly thing for the no surrender. But I like the stipulation, how it worked out in this matchup. It was a really good match. And if you want to hear about really good matches and really good interviews, go over to FightfulSelect.com, best five bucks in the business. You want a Q&A with Sean Ross Sapp? You can get it over there, along with our new Fightful Select Discord, where Sean's answering questions all the time. doesn't take away from the one he does on, on Select uh, in audio form. No, now it just it adds. So go and join our Discord in the weeds, their show that's on this channel on Fightful Overbook. We got that going on the Discord. Tons of other conversations going on there. So that's on Fightful Select. Best five bucks in the business. You want notes from SmackDown tonight? Yeah, it was a tape show, but we still know who produced what and who was backstage when and what was going on where. We got that on FightfulSelect.com. The best five bucks in the business. Elimination Chamber notes. You bet we'll have those tomorrow, this morning, whenever they're running. Notes from all the interviews at the Scrum that Anna did returning to Fightful for the first time in several years. She had a great moment with Becky Lynch. That's, thank God, going viral because it's so funny. What's it like being like the best person ever? Go watch that video. It's very funny. Uh, FightfulSelect.com. All of the best that you can find for five bucks a month. It ain't changing. We ain't going nowhere. Get the right news. Get it now. FightfulSelect.com. Do it. Knockouts, world championship match. Jordan Grace, Giselle Shaw. And before they do it, Ash. By elegance. With her, with her, with her uh, concierge, is there a concierge or it's George Iceman? <laughs> just, just, I, I love that they're they're playing it as like George is here, but like we we're not going to tell you it's George, but like but it's George. concierge. Yes, it, it's George Iceman. <laughs> he's the scoop stuff. Hey, he's the concierge now. I, I used I used to be a concierge, ladies and gentlemen. Really. Yeah, I used to be a hotel concierge. I was a concierge for a uh, a boat riding company, a sightseeing company as well. Concierge work is a very hard job, so I appreciate uh, Ash by Elegant's concierge because he does great work to introduce her and let us know when she has left the building. And he did a great job of escorting her away from the, the ring. But my lord, Giselle Shaw turned back the clock. Because that's the damn Giselle Shaw that I saw in the UK five years ago, where she was just turned out doing Spanish flies, doing fast sequences, running the worlds. This pace was was turned up a bit from your usual Giselle Shaw, especially down the stretch. I thought the the closing stretch of this matchup was excellent, especially like the how they went into the finish. It was so much speed to the matchup. I was quite impressed. I thought this was Giselle Shaw's best match in TNA. We have spent, Cresta and I, and and you know what? And even you and I, SP3, we've talked about Giselle Shaw on camera quite a lot. There was a time where a lot of us were saying, eh, it's not really going so well. And then something happened. I don't know if it's because she decided to put all of her focus into wrestling and storytelling and the art, or someone spoke to her regardless. Suddenly everything changed for her and it became better. And this was one of those moments. 
this is a really good match. This is a really, and it's a sprint. It didn't overstay its welcome. It didn't go to a certain point where it got convoluted and weird. Ash by elegance just sat there and took it in. She didn't get involved. She she took a powder at the end, was like, oh God, I don't want to be around the finish. That was great stuff. She didn't take away from the match. Shaw looked good. Grace always looks good. What's really frustrating to me is that again, Giselle Shaw cannot win the big one no matter how hard she tries and it either, it either needs to become a part of the story with her or they need to give her a damn championship because what do you do next with someone like giselle shaw when you've got jordan grace atop the knockouts mountain so the only thing i would have changed is nothing about this matchup now knowing that this is the result she should be dropping the shantaraj after this match not before this match yeah because that would have fit the story like they showed in the video package before the match of Gail Kim going to her saying you don't need them they're holding you back and her kind of kind of going against that and then they you know they lost the tag team matchup and then she fires them and then she gave Savannah's one more matchup and she lost to Jordan Grace so she's done with the Shantarage it would have made more sense if she held on to the Shantarage thinking that she was right and that Gail was wrong and then she lost this match despite Shantarage being at ringside or helping her in this match Jordan Grace was still able to win and then she fires the Santaraj and then we start the story of her getting back to the title so I think her and Gail Kim are gonna tear it up real soon Mm. and I think that was a spot I said this last night no one's no one's corrected me yet I think at one point that was earmarked for Deanna Perrazzo had she stuck around TNA I think that was kind of their last ditch effort was you know, we'll, we're going to pay you, you know, better, not as well as, as other people may have, but we're also going to give you, you know, the, the knockout, you are going to be the knockout. We're going to give you Gail Kim in a passing the torch type of moment. And now I think they're going to do that to Giselle, to, to Giselle Shaw. It's always easy to say her name individually and not leaving yeah. in from another word. I'm I'm just gonna to let y'all know oh, why that probably did not appeal to Diana Parazzo too much over the money she was getting. It's because oh man, I just remembered you did that with Tessa Blanchard. Yes. <laughs> like you did. I'm just saying. I'm just no, it's, it's fine for Giselle, but I understand from from Diana's point of view. I'm just like, why would I want the same booking you gave Tessa unless I'm gonna win the world title afterwards? No, I'm good. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe that was on the table. <laughs> I think Giselle and Gail Kim are on a collision course. I don't know if you do it at sacrifice because Gail has a connection to Southern Ontario and to Toronto, but also the next pay-per-view is the it, that's the moment. Gail Kim having a singles match for the first time in God, it's been at least ten years. Well, you no, singles, Gail Kim singles matches. Uh, well, in that in that place, but I I think our, the last one was Tessa five years ago. Was that five? That was yeah, more than that. It was it was twenty nineteen. Oh, you're right. That was that. Oh, that was that insane twenty nineteen Tessa had where she was Impact World uh, Knockout Champion. Went into the feud with Gail Kim from the feud with Gail Kim, went into yep. the rivalry with Sammy Callahan that led her into like the rest of the year where they feuded and then into the new year where she won the world title. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Think uh, time is a flat circle. Uh, you know what the worst part is? I was at that show, I saw that match live. Yo, that show was a banger. It wasn't at the same show with uh, the last uh, LAX and Lucha yeah, Bros. You bet. That was that was Rebellion 2019. That yes. was also I was sitting about ten feet from Tully. <laughs> yeah, yeah nice. I did, and that was also the same night. I think that was the same night that uh, a certain piece of shit who has a, there's a street that he's that that he took the name from in Ottawa. That uh, he came out, big bald headed son of a bitch named Aaron, and everyone was cheering for him. And I was the only person up giving the finger and saying, absolutely not. No, not this person. And they were like, what's wrong? And I'm like, you'll find out soon enough. And we did. And he doesn't wrestle anymore. Thought he was a comedian for a bit. He wasn't a very good one. And uh, now he just doesn't wrestle. Thank God for that. There you have it, folks. Yeah. 2019. Great year for everywhere except for WWE. So Gail Kim is great. And Giselle Shaw versus Gail Kim is a match that I want to see. Rebellion's shaping up, folks. 
We're booking it. We're booking it. Nick Nemeth versus Moose. And now we got Gail Kim versus Giselle Shaw. Poor Steve Macklin. He's got to do. He's got to lose to Nick Nemeth on the way up. Yeah. Ne- ne- Nemeth's going to beat him at sacrifice. Don't worry. Oh, now I kind of want to be there for that moment. <laughs> He's like, it's right there in Windsor. I don't want to go to Windsor all that bad. That's the thing. It's just like a two and a half hour drive. I don't want to do that thing. Fair. Fair. That's a, that's how I feel about uh, Long Island. When AEW runs Long Island, I'm like, do I really want to go that far? I'm, at least there's a damn train <laughs> that goes right there. At least there's a That's like an hour and a half on the train. Like, from where I'm at. I gotta, that's, uh... Still three hours, three hours there and back, man. I gotta, I gotta go into like the boonies. Like Canada's far and weird, man. Man, Long Island is far and weird. That's true. I have stayed there. It's far and weird. <laughs> For, forbidden door is basically all of Long Island. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Jake, something's backstage, and he's teeing up. I love that they do this. He tees up the main event, which is the Exhibition Championship match. He says it hasn't been a standalone main event since 2005. That's the great unbreakable match between Daniels, AJ Styles, and Mimosa Joe. Uh, And then Jake says he's going to be watching closely, and that 2024 is the year that he takes the Exhibition Championship. So do you know do you know why uh, they had to specify that it was the first time solely the Exhibition title is being defended in a main event? Did they do? They did an X Division and World Championship match, didn't they? No, they did that stupid ass World Title X Division Tag Team Title matchup <gasps> with Angle and oh, Joe versus yeah. Team 3D right. in 2007. That led to Hard Justice, where they put up all of the titles uh, yeah, between yeah, yeah, Joe yeah. and Angle. That's right. God, this is what happens when you and Karen play. Angle called Joe that matchup. I will never forget. My my pain. I have PTSD about bad TNA booking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's what I'm here for. Bad TNA booking. We're going to see it. It's okay. It's fine. But not tonight. The Exhibition Championship. Mustafa Ali captures it. Beats Chris Saban. And actually, we all expected that, that Ali would come in and win. Ali's on a trajectory to be the top POS heel in the X Division for the next little while. And I'm okay with that. The match was well played. The match was well put together. They Again, they did not go crazy. They did this match in a way that introduced Mustafa Ali's character more than it introduced the, the, the way that he works as a crazy wrestler who does all the flips. This was good. And I think if people were waiting for this to be like X Division flips and craziness, sorry, you're not going to get that. You'll probably get that in a few months, but you're not going to get that right now. This was Mustafa Ali being a piece of shit heel getting into Chris Saban's head Saban getting more frustrated throughout the match and that led to his downfall he tried to hit the cradle shock from the top rope because he did not get the pinfall the first time and they Ali turned that into a sunset flip bomb gets the 450 splash gets the win Ali captures his first singles championship in 20 years he says craziness wow wow that's crazy crazy because yeah. i every every time i run a, i've done an article about mustafa ali i always try to be like oh yeah he's a former no like no he didn't win any titles in his own run like First you would have thought he, he was one of the faces of 205 live you would have thought he at least won the cruiserweight title. Nope. That is insane that this is the first title. But I really enjoyed this matchup. I thought that it was very smartly worked. Where that it felt like this was the first match of maybe two or three between these two guys. And like you said, it was all about establishing uh, Mustafa Ali's character. And establishing the story the story between these two guys of Ali being in Chris Saban's head. And that was the whole build to this matchup because Ali wasn't there physically in Orlando for the tapings it was all about his promo packages kind of getting in Saban's head and Saban getting more and more angry on promos more and more angry and aggressive in his matches against the cool hands I like the cool hands coming out here still being a part of this storyline kind of being the the heaters for uh, Ali it seems with this new character as and with the security that had to take the big dive by uh, Chris Saban but yeah, I, li- I like the fact that they worked this match in a way that it left room for a rematch and the rematch should be even better. I think the one mistake that they did make is don't show highlights of the last X Division title matchup right before this matchup, because then people will expect 
for this matchup to be filled with flips in the same matter that that matchup was. I felt like they had said it enough that they didn't need the video package. But if you're going to do the video package, you play it earlier in the show, not right before the main event. Someone in the chat saying, wait, Ali never won a title in WWE. No, he didn't. He never won one. The, he's he's won titles in freelance. Dreamwave, he's a current champion. He has never won a major singles championship anywhere. He's he's like on the indies, he's won a few times. But like this is the first one where he's working a televised program as a champion. And that's amazing to think about in like the worst possible way. Because yeah. this is a guy who... I remember being on the air doing a podcast when he initially asked for his release publicly from WWE. And then they said, no, 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 trust me, pal. You're going to be fine. We'll make you whole. We, we got you. And here we are today. Taking a chance on yourself certainly has paid off for this guy. And, In a big way. And it's the beginning of a new story for him. And he's going out there and he's putting it all together. I like the good hands being part of this, tr- this this act because I said this on the the post show yesterday. When you didn't have Ali available to you for the Orlando tapings, you missed out on three weeks worth of Ali promos, work, whatever, and you had to insert somebody. And good hands are so good, no pun intended, at doing their jobs that you can have them do singles matches with Saban and get under his skin because they're such good piece of shit heels while being such good wrestlers in the ring technically that you can get away with it leading into this match his debut for ali the first time that saban and ali touch and you tell the story in the ring as effectively as you do and you keep the good hands with ali and all of his stupid bodyguards that i love walking around the ring pretending they're important (laughs) again there's a good factor to this and you could also, this could be their way of pulling the jet setters from the system into this, where you could do you could do six mans of Mustafa Ali and the good hands versus Saban, Kushida, and Kevin Knight. While I feel like they should keep Shelly off of the like the next taping at least for him to sell the beating from the no surrender matchup. So that would keep that would keep those guys busy and away from the system so the system can have something new. So this works in a in a lot of different ways. I like Mustafa Ali as the X Division champion. It feels like the the freshest X Division champion in a while uh since probably Leo Rush last year. Do you think he cashes in option C? Ooh, that is a good question. I'm going to say no, because I still think we're heading towards Moose and Nick Nemeth at Rebellion. But what if it's what if it's just after that and it's Ali and Nemeth and uh, Ali cashes an option C and that's his way out? Um, I can see it, but I don't I don't think that's going to happen until like at least the summer. I've been saying for a while, I don't want option C used again for a few title reigns because I absolutely despised having Frankie Kazarian come that in. That was the worst one. The, the bad, worst one. Just the worst opportunity you could have done because Speedball was on a tear. They kept making allusions to the Christopher Daniels, uh, you know, title reign and the title defenses. It felt like they were going towards a Christopher Daniels match because of the connection to Frankie Kazarian. And then they took it out from under us by having Kazarian win the exhibition championship, cash in off and see immediately and lose. And then it just went nowhere from there. And, and, and all for that for, for speedball to get a title shot, like a month later, like, yes. it's like you could have just had him do option C if you were going to do that. In a match that was hailed as like one of the best ever in TNA, which yeah. it was like an impact. It, they went for, you know, almost an hour and it was a fantastic I, match to see speedball and Josh Alexander. I told Josh that I was like, I was like, like you know, Josh is getting a lot of praise and people saying that his Will Osprey match is the greatest match in TNA history. I was like, I feel like we've said this like once per year since you've been a single star. Like we said that about the speedball matchup before that. We said that about the TJP hour long matchup. Like, like Josh Alexander is that guy when it comes to the new standard of the best TNA match. And it's funny because he puts together his own matches. Yeah, he, he he has to, you know, not has to, but like he'll go through stuff with producers. But by and large, like the Osprey match, it was just go for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the second one, I, the first one, uh, probably the same. But yeah, that's uh, that's the show. Ali's the new X Division Championship. That's basically the big the big headline from tonight. MK Ultra recapturing the Knockouts World uh, Tag Team Championships is the other one, and of course Kushida is going to get the shit kicked out of him by Alex Shelley come Thursday. <laughs> 
pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. And we're getting to we're gonna get Kashida and Alex Shelley, which I think will be a really good feud. That will be a really good feud. And they had a great uh time limit draw, I think like two years ago in New Japan. That's right. Oh my god, I'm just remembering this. Okay, yeah. listen. There's some good stuff going on. So with that in mind, SB3, what you got going on over there? Check me out at True Hill SP3 on the Twitter machine. I'll be live tweeting probably when I get off of here because I'll turn on New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, New Beginning in Sapporo, and see if I, they'll keep me up uh, long because I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not staying up if it's as bad as last night's show. Uh, but yes, follow me over there. Go over to True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We'll be live at 5 a.m. Eastern time for our WWE Elimination Chamber watch party. Right now, you can check out our preview that we did earlier today, and I'll be live for the review later on on Saturday. So you'll see me a lot on the YouTubes. Wow. SP3 is everywhere. Go follow True Heel Heat. They do great work. I put them over because they're real good, man. I'm going to bed. I'm, I'll watch Elimination Chamber later. How about that? Just announced, by the way, at the GCW Cluster F Forever. Did you see this? No. Punjabi prison match. Jacob Wait, what? J for the GCW Tag Team Championships, Jacob and Zilla Fatu versus Violence is Forever versus the Bollywood Boys versus Los Macisos. <laughs> Yo, GCW, man. I, I just took a look at the spring break card and I was like, yeah, this fits. This fits for spring break. Listen, all the matches, I was like, yeah, this is different. This is different. The main event is going to be uh, Minoru Suzuki and Masato Tanaka versus Rina Yamasha and Masha Slamovich. Like, I was like, yeah, that's spring break. I am very excited for this. I want to know how they're going to do the Punjabi prison. <laughs> and, and in the 2300 arena, we're doing a, a Punjabi prison match? It's going to be like Stonehenge. It's, it's going to be that Spinal Tap moment where they didn't do it to scale and they just got to break. Oh, oh, I got so many ideas. Okay, that's going to be fun. Till then, uh, I am Actual Pearl. J-O-E-L-P-E-R-L. I'll be in the weeds on Fightful Overbook, 10 a.m. on Monday. They got a busy week ahead. SP3 is going to be in on Friday, by the way, so have fun with that. Oh, I am? Yeah, yeah cool. you'll be there. Till then. <laughs> Please don't trust me on the battery. <laughs> we'll see you on Thursday for the TNA Impact Post Show as well. Take care. Cheers.